Hello everyone and welcome back to Chatterstorm. We are back for episode 31 and my name is Sam, your host, followed by my co-hosts Sarah and Josh. Hello. And we are back for another exciting week in Magic News because we have quite a lot that has come out this week. Um, Seems to be quite, you know, every week we've been getting something pretty good. It's uh, pretty interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. The first thing, and I think the most exciting, as agreed upon by my co-hosts also, uh, the Streets of Nuka Pena spoilers. Uh, We've received a couple more, there's six specific cards we want to talk about. Um, A couple more spoilers, and I am very excited for these. Uh, So we'll read their names first of all, just so you guys can get an understanding of what what has come out so far. So um, in order of release, we've had Maestro's Charm, Obscura Charm, Cabaretti Charm, and then we've also had Jetmir, Nexus of Revels, Lord Xander, the Collector, and Rafine, Scheming Seer. So, essentially, those six cards are all related to one another. Uh, we've got the Maestro's Charm card and the Maestro's Leader, the Obscura Charm card and the Obscura Leader, and the Cabaretti Leader and Charm card. So, we've got a bit more insight into those three guilds specifically. The other two, which would be in the Jund and Bank colors, Still nothing yet, except for Broker's Ascendancy uh, mm-hmm. and obviously the land, which we re- we saw a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, really exciting stuff. So let's go over the Maestro's Charm. The first one it is a it is the Grixis Instant Charm card. I think there's a, uh, what's it called? A cycle of uh, uncommon rarity instants that will all be in those three colors. So we have, it costs a blue, a black and a red for a instant. And it is a modal one. So you can choose one of the following three options. Look at the top five cards of your library. Put one of those cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Each opponent loses three life and you gain three life. Or Maestro's Charm deals five damage to target creature or planeswalker. What are your guys' initial thoughts on this one? Powerful, not powerful? Good card, bad card? Um, I find the middle option really odd but then i don't know if that's just because i mainly play commander so losing or gaining three life is negligible so i don't know if i'm like i don't know if i'm skewed on that maybe three life in standard is a bit well it is more of a difference i suppose yeah i think it is um i think that's the weaker one for sure yeah yeah yes well it is but um when it comes to these modal spells um, rel- relatively weak seeming effects can actually be really worth it. Like think of all of yes. the all of the adventure spells, uh, like yeah. Brazen Borrower, two mana to bounce a permanent, is not very impressive, but it's really powerful when you have the option. And so you know, in in something like standard, uh, this can be a removal spell, or it can be like a life drain spell, which could be uh, a secret mm-hmm. win out of nowhere. It could be way to try and sort of stabilize um against an aggro deck although you'd probably most mm-hmm. of the time go for the removal mm-hmm. instead of the life yeah game. um but yeah I, I do think that a lot of these modes are going to be less impressive than if they were just on a card mm-hmm. uh, but that's i think it's that's where the power lies when assessing yeah. these yeah, the, yeah. The, the power is in the versatility mm-hmm. yeah i absolutely agree like the you can draw this early and you'll either get, you know, look at the top five cards in your library. That's a nice draw spell. Like yeah. you get to pick a card from the top five and the rest go into your graveyard, which is really helpful for self-mill decks, maybe reanimator decks as well. Mm-hmm. Grixis is quite a common color for reanimator. Yeah. So that's a nifty card there, a uh, nifty mode to choose. Uh, I think you're right. The Maestro's Charm deals five damage to target creature or planeswalker is probably going to be the most common one uh, of mm. the three. Um Removal's always just, you know, extremely powerful. You remove a big threat. This is a lot of damage as well. This kind of gets rid of anything threatening that I can think of, especially yeah. in standard yeah. right now. Um, any problem, you know, <laughs> Goldspan Dragon, uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> um, most of the time when a run in seven token comes down, it's going to be on five. So this yeah. is also good for those. Um, yeah, pretty it powerful takes card. Out most uh, planeswalkers as well. Takes out most planeswalkers. You're right. I, I can't think yeah. of many that uptick straight to six. It can um, instant speed take out Kaito before it phases out. Um, that's true. Yeah, and I think I mean like Mordenkainen. I, I think might be six. The hell well, is a Mordenkainen? Huh? Yeah. What the hell's that? Mordenkainen. Oh, oh, the Adventure of Forgotten Realms yeah, planeswalker. Yeah, the blue planeswalker the, from the, yeah. Uh, 
Adventures. I, of I forgot that existed. But yeah, nobody really plays Morden Kind in any I feel like that's a really good card, but I, I forgot that it existed because no one plays it. It is actually an insanely powerful point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really real cool. haymaker. Uh, and so, yeah, it comes in on five loyalty counters and it can uptick by two. But again, ah. you can absolutely instant speed kill it. No, so you wouldn't be able to kill that uh, even at instant speed, Josh, because the way priority works, uh, when the Planeswalker gets uh, put onto the battlefield, if you uptick straight away, your opponent doesn't have ch the chance to respond to it and the counters go on straight away because it's yes, part of the okay. cost. Yeah, because the, yes, the counters are a cost. Okay, counters that's interesting. Cost, yeah. Um, yeah. So it doesn't answer more than kind of useless cards. It's, it's why Ochre was ridiculously <laughs> broken because at three mana, you could still hold up Fry, which deals five damage to a blue planeswalker and still not kill it because it goes up to mm. six. It was so stupid. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from uh, Ochre, we have to sprinkle some Ochre hate in at like every episode. <laughs> um, Obscura Charm is the next one. So Obscura is the Esper colors, so white, blue, and black. Uh, and this one reads, choose one, return target multicolored permanent card for, with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped, counter target instant or sorcery spell, or destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. This one's, in my opinion, is really good. Yeah, um, I agree. The best of the three that we have so far. Um, all three modes are honestly like quite powerful um yeah. yeah all three modes i can see myself using in you know as like with the maestros one you know as we said that each opponent losing three life and gaining three life is a really situational but it's nice to have these or, or i'd be happy to play any of uh, any of these three like any time um yeah mm -hmm. i think the, the, all, yeah. all of these charms uh, if you're an EDH player and you can play these cards in your EDH mm -hmm. deck, you probably want to. You probably want the, to, yeah. Yeah, EDH is all about having um, flexibility in your cards. Mm -hmm. And yeah, all of these cards, like, a lot of the time, charms are worth playing if, if they're in those colors. Um, mm. Obscura Charm is seems really strong for so mm -hmm. many reasons um like again it, it just it being a counter spell is really powerful destroying a creature and affecting the board state straight away or a planeswalker is really mm -hmm. powerful mm -hmm. a lot of the best planeswalkers, yeah exactly yeah. a lot of the best planeswalkers are mana value three or less uh because they're the best because a planeswalker that costs three mana and gives you card advantage is a very powerful thing Mm -hmm. um so this is a really good answer to that uh and the multicolored permanent so we'll talk about um the don of the obscura house family mm -hmm. uh rafine but um minor spoiler rafine is three mana it is yeah so it costs this, the esper colors yeah, obscura obscura charm can bring back rafine it can bring back a key combo piece uh mm -hmm. because it's any uh multicolored permanent permanent so, um, yeah that's yeah, an interesting sure there's a bunch of like artifacts and enchantments that you'd want to bring back whatever obscura ascendancy is going to end up being it's likely yeah. it'll bring that back uh so i, I think this is actually a really strong yeah this is a fantastic card um one thing i think is going to see a lot of synergy especially you know with kaito kind of taking over standard a little bit a very powerful card this is you know you can reanimate kaito with this as well because it's any permanent yeah. Um, so if your Kaito gets destroyed, you know, you got, you got options. You got a lot mm -hmm. of options. Um, really, really powerful card. Um, nice addition to the Esper control. And honestly, like it might even be worth playing this in like Orzhov control and just splashing blue. Um, although I, I'd imagine that's not a thing, but yeah, Esper control, I think is going to get a nice little buff here. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah this is a really yeah. good Esper control card. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Orzhov control splashing blue it's, that's just Esper. <laughs> yeah, so ignore that. Never mind. Um, moving on to the last one, Cabaretti Charm. Uh, not the last one, the last Charm card. Uh, this is in the Naya colors. So that is red, green, and white. Uh, this one reads, choose one. Cabaretti Charm deals damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or planeswalker. Or creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn. Or... Create two one one green and white citizen creature tokens. What are your guys' thoughts on this one? I feel like it's just really classic for what the colors are, like yeah. which which makes sense. But more, I think way more than the other two. Like mm -hmm. there's it, it's buffing and giving things trample. You're creating yeah fairly rubbish tokens. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah this just is like it, it feels like exactly what i would expect those three colors to be if they were given three options absolutely yeah that's mm. what i've that, I, i've been i'm a little bit upset about this one because 
what this shows me is that what they're planning on doing with Naya in this set is just the basic shit that they've been yeah. doing for like the past 10 years. Yeah. Nothing really new here. And this is also shown by the the commander. Sorry, not the commander, the um <laughs> the creature card for the the leader for the Naya or Jetmir or Cabaretti, that's what it's called. Um it, it, there's nothing really special, nothing really being, yeah, it's you know. Just, it's exactly what I would expect it to it's be. It's exactly what you'd yeah. expect it to do for the colours. And that's a little yeah. bit sad, unfortunate, because Naya has typically been, like, one of the worst tricolour pairs just because mm. of the lack of, you know, things that it has. It's very it's very much just like a grr, creatures, vigilance, yeah. trample, haste, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so, yeah, sad to see, but... Either way, it's still a pretty sweet card. Definitely a nice commander card. You know, you have a powerful removal spell because you're most likely going to be going wide in Naya. Yeah. Um, and a pretty good finisher as well. Like, creatures you control getting plus one and trample can be a really nice, you know, slam dunk. Uh, yeah. Slam dunk finish. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> creating two one ones, honestly, I think is a little bit underpowered. And I can't imagine you would really want to be playing that mode, especially yeah. if you have like a removal spell. Yeah, like unless you're really on the defensive, which means you're probably losing anyway. Exactly. Naya. Yeah. Um, or you in like, these colors. Yeah. They're not even very good creatures to ambush something because they're just one one. They're one ones. Yeah. They yeah. have pretty bad creature types as well. I, I don't think we've seen citizen before. Yeah. Uh, no. But they're not humans. They're not. No. Any yeah. I was just going to say powerful creature types. Maybe that we'll see some some reason uh, to care about them being citizens, but right now that's pretty bad. Um, and I think that they could have made this card good quite easily because mm-hmm. looking at these three modes, um, what's pretty common with these charms is to kind of have one mode that correlates to one of the three colors. The colors, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of like color identity. Um, so for like when you look at Cabaretti Charm, the first mode deals damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or planeswalker. I, well, that's white. That's a, a white ability. Like you look at cards like Kabira Takedown, um, mm. which is a white card and has that effect. Um, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, gain trample till end of turn. That's a green ability. That's like a green it. ability. Yeah. And then create two one ones, which are green and white. That's a green and white <laughs> ability. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's just not yeah. a lot of red here, is there's, there? <laughs> yeah. There's no red on this card. And I think that that first mode. Um, uh, damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or planeswalker. Uh, I really think that this card would be so much better if that was just a simple burn spell, like uh, yeah. three damage yeah. to any target. Like that would make it a much, much better card. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I think that they could even go further um and play into like because there's there's red and white on this card so they could they could kind of they could have made it something lightning helixy but with a little green touch like um so it counts the number of creatures you control and then deals that much damage to any target and you gain that much life well that would be Um, crazy though (laughs) maybe but i see what you mean yeah i I understand Uh, maybe more like a lightning helix kind of effect where you're gaining the life yeah 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 if it was just just like um deals two damage to any target and you gain two life that would be pretty good Mm -hmm. that would make this card a a lot better but yeah i I think that that first mode should have just been a burn spell yeah there's not a lot of red identity in this one um Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a lot more clear in the other charms that we've seen so far but yeah, so a little bit underwhelming on Naya, unfortunately, because I think if if it wasn't for Jund, it would probably be Naya as my second favorite of these tricolors. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Naya, you know. I'm I'm a big a bit of a Gruul Gruul fanboy, so <laughs> yeah, naturally I'm a fan of Naya and Jund. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, we don't talk about Tima. We everyone hates Tima. Anyway. I love Tima. <laughs> <laughs> Tima has no stompy. I don't like it. <laughs> um, Anyway, let's move on to, so those are the three charms that we've seen. And we've also got the cards, as we mentioned, of the leaders of mm-hmm. the three of these guilds. Um, would either of you guys like to take it away with these ones? Yeah, I'll read out the cat demon because yeah, obviously going to get that for Rin and Sari. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Right. What's the cat demon? So it's called Jetman Nexus of Rebels. It is a legendary creature, cat demon, 5-4, and it has a lot of text. Um, creatures mm-hmm. you control get plus one plus O and have vigilance as long as you control three or more creatures. Creatures you control also get plus one plus O and have trample as long as you control six or more creatures. 
Creatures you control also get plus <laughs> one, plus zero, oh, and have double strike as long as you control nine or more creatures. This is awesome. Yeah, this really I freaking cool. love this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the main things that... Uh, I actually don't understand... Uh, so, first thing, let's see if we can clarify this, because... So if you have three creatures, they get plus one, plus zero, and have vigilance. Mm-hmm. Since it says they also get plus one, plus zero, and trample, does that mean they get plus two, plus zero? Yeah, so I, think, I think that's Damn. why it's with also, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so fucking get, strong. If you get to that's the really end, strong, yeah. they're plus three, plus zero oh with vigilance, double strike, trample, double strike, trample. vigilance, yeah. And this honestly, is awesome. I think, I think this is a really powerful commander. Uh, yeah. And I think that because this Jetmir doesn't help you build your board... Um, mm. This is such a powerful win con in EDH. Yeah. Like this is four mana creatures you control get plus three plus zero oh, vigilance trample and double strike. Yeah, yeah. If you like, build up enough that's tokens, longer. that's yeah. Well, yeah. For example, in Ridden Sari, this will probably always be the that like plus three you double could... strike vigilance trample. Yeah, because it Cause... will create it will come down and create a dog. Mm-hmm. Provided I have Ridden Sari, which I will. So that. <laughs> That's madness. Yeah, it's really it's, it's a really nice card. I mm-hmm. I mean I might consider building this because I really like the idea of just you know massive go wide board. And yeah. Maybe I have oh, a few too many of those decks. Well, but... I was going to say you do like <laughs> you like that strategy. It's a um, fun strategy. <laughs> I think that uh, Jetmere Nexus of Revels is one of my favorite names. Like that's a pretty sick name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, like I think that's just. That's so cool. And, and he's a freaking cat rabbit. demon. He's a cat, yeah. yeah, look at him. He's just great. Great creature type, great name. Maybe the colours could be better, but oh well. <laughs> no, the colours are perfect, because that means... Like, oh, the colours necessary. are perfect, yeah. It's just in terms of Naya's power. Yeah. It's not, not the best, but still really, really nice commander card. I think there's going to be a lot of commander decks built around this. Yeah, um, I think so. Like, comparing it to the other two that we have, I think i like this as the commander the most in terms of like actual power maybe maybe lord xander is a bit more powerful we'll go on to lord xander um, uh, i like rafine yeah a, yeah i think rafine looks like a really fun commander go on then do you want to read out lord xander josh and you can read yeah. out rafine as well yeah sure so uh the card is lord xander the collector it's four blue black red for a vampire demon noble legendary creature he is a six six when Lord Xander the Collector enters the battlefield, target opponent discards half the cards in their hand rounded down. Whenever Lord Xander attacks, defending player mills half their library rounded down. When Lord Xander dies, target opponent sacrifices half the non-land permanents <laughs> they control rounded down. Okay, this is a bit of a contender, actually. That's um, bullshit. <laughs> yeah this is disgusting that this is, is a pretty nasty commander that's yeah. madness yeah yeah because i like it because Ooh. it's expensive it's a seven mana commander yeah. and so it's like oh i hope they don't kill it but then it's got that clause where if you do kill it you sacrifice half your non-land half, permanent yeah. mm-hmm. and that means you can't just like get rid of any excess lands it's got to be on your board state which is yeah arguably more powerful um yeah, that is a fantastic commander, yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I should stray away from go-wide strategies and maybe build more like a disruption deck, you know? A bit more of a control-y disruption Grixis deck. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds really <laughs> fun. I- I've just suddenly had the urge to build it. I have no idea why. No idea what could have pertained <laughs> to that decision. Yeah, but yeah. this is a sweet card. Mm-hmm. Um, the th- I, again, we're analyzing these for commander because I can't really think of any applications in standard. Maybe in like a reanimator, you could, you could. This is a pretty decent reanimation target. Um, mm, it is. I think maybe Jenga Taxi still takes the cake on that one because that one's also very powerful, but still really good. Um, really, really nice card. Uh, I like the ETB a lot because it also makes it a nice target for reanimation. I mm. think that's one of the themes we're seeing in Maestros, um, especially with the Maestros charm as well. Uh, I think we're going to see a bit of a reanimation sub theme potentially. This is um, like an ultimate. Um, uh, what's it called? Sneak attack or show and sneak tell? Sneak attack. Yeah. Sneak attack. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is like the ultimate sneak attack target. It's a, it's a cheat um, card. Yeah, you, you can't yeah. play it unless you cheat it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like if you cheat this into play, and especially with some effect, which maybe makes you sacrifice it at the end of combat, uh, which is something like sneak attack. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, like getting all three of the abilities on this for quite cheap is 
absolutely brutal. I was just thinking of a ridiculous um, combination. Uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, uh, or Kiki Jiki, makes the ETBs the token copy, and then it dies. Does it get exiled or does it die? Do you sacrifice it at the end of your step? I think you sacrifice it, right? Um, um, we'll have to check on that one. But if it is, if, if the Kiki Jiki ability does sacrifice it, that's going to be a pretty sweet, potentially like a standard uh, reanimated deck that has Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Yeah, I wonder whether, like, is it Mill in standard might go into Grixis and try yeah. to make use of this card in some way. Yeah. Uh, but then maybe not, given that this is a seven mana version of something that a kicked cacophony can do. True. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you well, yeah, exile it's... the saga. Oh, so you eggs? No, no, no. The the creature side. When you what when you finish the saga, you get the Kiki Jiki creature, right? Uh, it has to be a non-legendary creature. Ah, there you go. Then never mind. So that not not quite as cool, but um, hmm. not quite the combo I thought. But yeah, either way, like if you can flicker this, if you can cheat out copies and tokens of this and and sacrifice them, you're getting tons of value. So r- lots to build around with this as a commander. And I think mm-hmm. actually, like on second thought, I think this can be played in standard in certain reanimator decks. So. We'll see maybe. how that goes. Yeah, um, maybe. I don't think so. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we didn't see this in standard. No, I, um, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. It's a really cool and card I think, nonetheless. I don't think this is a fun commander as well. Like, I, I Fun is that... subjective, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I objectively believe this is not a fun commander. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I get that. But I, I don't know, like... I don't think any commander's fun when you really think about it, because what? As in, like, when no, you, no, no, in, no, no. I don't because <laughs> no, what's your no, reason? No, no, what's your no. reasoning for this isn't fun? Because it's like when you slam it down, it's like oh, I got to get rid of it. It's annoying. Blah blah blah. Is that not every commander? That's good. So I think that the reason that this is not a fun commander to me is that if you sit down at the table and somebody's playing Lord Xander. Uh huh. You immediately groan. Yeah, the, the best way to have fun in that game is to kill that player before they cast him. Uh, and it just yeah, so it it doesn't make for fun play patterns in okay. a game of Commander. That makes sense, but I also I don't know if that's particularly realistic because it's not like a combo piece necessarily. It's a standalone, just powerful Commander. Like by that logic, anyone that plays like a high mana value powerful Commander, like mm. you can make the same argument for Morophon. Like if people yeah, are playing Marathon, you're like, oh god, god, kill them quick, and that's how yeah. you know that is how Eldra- your Eldra- your Eldrazi deck does lose. Like you pile on you quite quickly, and then you kill you. Uh, it's the same philosophy. Like I don't think it necessarily makes a card unfun. I think it's just you know it's it's a balance between you know mana cost and what the deck how the deck plays the card and like if it, if it was like a combo piece, like for example Niv Mizzet, I know that deck gets hated on quite a lot because it's you know as soon as it slams down, you can win the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily wins the game straight away it's just a really powerful on the board commander as is a lot of commanders yeah. so yeah yeah that's the way that, is, that is true that's uh that is true yeah hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure i i, just, I can't <laughs> think of like I, I, yeah i can't really think of yeah. a way that this is gonna be fun in commander uh we, yeah we've only it. just seen the card so we'll see how it develops but yeah uh, moving on to the final spoiled card for Streets of New Capenna, and that is Josh. If you'd like to take that one away, yeah, it's uh, it's Rafine, scheming seer. Um, so it's white, blue, black for a legendary creature, Sphinx Demon. He, uh, they are a wonderful. <laughs> um, they have flying. They have ward one, and whenever you attack, target attacking creature connives X where X is the number of attacking creatures. Uh, So that's a new keyword, connive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what connive does is draw X cards, then discard X cards, put a 1-1 counter on a conniving creature for each non-land card discarded this way. So if with Rafine... Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, if, If With Rafine, if you were to attack with two creatures then one of those creatures you would target the one that you want to uh the, the one that you want to target with Rafine's ability that creature mm-hmm. would connive two so you draw two cards discard two cards and put 
a number of 1-1 counters on it equal to the number of non-land cards you discarded. Yeah. So this definitely feeds more into the reanimator theme, I think. Yes. Um, because you're dis- it's, it's, it's enforcing discarded cards and discarding non-land cards. So potentially we might see more reanimator in Esper um, as opposed to sort of controly cards, which mm-hmm. would be interesting to see because reanimator is always a lot more fun <laughs> than yeah. control. Um, or maybe we'll just see a crossover in both. You know, both Esper and Grixis have blue-black in them. Uh, and that's typically where we see a lot of reanimation effects. So maybe that's just where they share that feature. Um, mm. But yeah, either way, really, really sweet card. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a nice engine, I think. It's a nice engine and a nice commander as well. Um, yeah. All three have been shown to be great commander EDH cards. Um, I'd, I'd be happy to pick up any of these and, and build a deck around them. Yeah, I think this looks like a, a fun commander, a fun reanimator mm. strategy. It could see standard play. I'm not it's quite cheap. Sure on it's, that yet. It at is three cheap. mana value. It's a nice, cheaply costed card, which could potentially see play. You're right. Yeah, like it can. It's it's drawing you cards. It's not actually card advantage though. No. Um, so I, that's that's the thing. I, I'm not sure. Like mm-hmm. in the three yeah. mana slot, I think you'd it, a control deck probably just wants Kaito. Yeah, Instead, yeah, I agree. I don't know what this is really better than in the three mana slot. Maybe that makes sense, like you could actually, say it's yeah. good against aggro because it's like a big body, but it's got not a big butt. that big. And yeah, the ward one. Has, uh, there's a, there's a lot of reasons for it. There's a lot of reasons that I don't think it. We'll see play. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm not it's sure, an, but I think it's cool, Commander. It's an interesting split in the it kind of synergizes both an aggressive kind of strategy as well as like a reanimated strategy. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're getting your reanimation targets in your graveyard at the same time, putting a bit of power on the board. Yeah. So it's a little bit of like a mix between both, which is quite interesting. We haven't seen much of that. You're kind of keeping up the pressure while you're getting to your big reanimation turn. So mm-hmm. I like that. It's a nice, nice little addition to reanimation. I think we'll see play in those kinds of decks, but you're right. I'm not sure where else we'll see this card be played. I don't think it'll be played in a control deck, just because we already have things like Kaito, which is just a phenomenal card. Yeah. Uh, I think the Celestas is seeing a lot of play as a card advantage engine as well, mm-hmm. or, or like a card draw engine. Um, so yeah, but still, really sweet card. And that will do the spoiler section. Uh, those six cards have been released. Really, really interesting to see a bit more in all three of that, all three of those specific guilds. Uh, and I'm excited to see the Jund and Bant ones uh, mm-hmm. soon, hopefully. I'm kind of not, not understanding the decision to only reveal three of these or three of the houses at, at this point, but who knows? We'll see how they, how they want to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, looking forward to that in the next coming weeks. Hopefully, we'll be, get to talk about the Jund and Bant ones because my specific, my favorite colors out of the five is Jund, as I've mentioned. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do with the colors. Yeah. So yeah, pretty cool. Uh, moving on to the next topic, we did have a pretty big announcement this week in the Magic: The Gathering world. Um, that is the organized play announcement that Wizards uh, came out with a couple would have been a couple days ago now when the episode came out i don't know yeah the organized play announcement effectively revived the idea of pro tours and in-person play and big gp events which is something that has been missing from magic for a couple years now uh due to the pandemic obviously wizards have not been able to sanction and run those big kinds of events so it's really nice to see that kind of uh you know wizards going you know uh, promoting that kind of play because we one thing we did talk about in an episode a long time ago i think on top deck insight was how wizards would go forward with the pandemic and if they would push paper play completely out of you know um the view of things and just promote digital play it looks like that's not what they're doing which is really good to see um pushing the paper fan base uh, a bit more and and organizing these events where you can go in and play in a big gp tournament and qualify for regionals and the next you know let me just double check what it actually says so you can go from regional championship qualifiers to regional championships to battle against the best from every region and then you can become the world champion it's all you got to do guys and anyone can do it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, it's a really cool thing that they've uh, come out with. So anyone at any level can enter these regional qualifiers, which will be hosted around the world uh, or you know, in different regions. Uh, and then from there, you'll get to go to the championships. 
Uh, and if you succeed even past that point, you get to battle against other regions championships mm-hmm. and then they'll go to the world championship, which has a prize pool announced at a million dollars at the moment. Wow. Is, uh, yeah. Pretty hefty. Mm-hmm. And it really is pool. around the world as well. Like there's going to be regional championships in the US, Canada, mm-hmm. Europe, uh, Australia and New Zealand, China, Japan and Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southeast Asia, Taipei, Brazil, Mexico, and other places in South America. So it like, yeah, it's pretty much all over the world. Mm. Uh, Everybody hopefully will have access in some way to these regional champs, um, which is, yeah, pretty cool. It's, it's, it's good to see. It's good to see. I know that a lot of people were uh, unsure about the future of the MPL last year. Um, but this is. Well, I mean, you've got to hand it to Wizards. They did say that they were going to, like, they, they'd resume, they'd figure something out. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that they'd give us news sometime. And everybody just thought, now nah, they're not going to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, th- there's no way that they're going to, like, this is it. Magic is, yeah. pro magic is dead. Uh, but Wizards, you know, came out of, um, not out of nowhere, <laughs> but this was surprisingly good news. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was about to point out, like, the previous announcements we've had this year and in the last year or so have always had some kind of controversy. Yeah. Uh, and I think this one has been generally a positive for the Magic mm-hmm. community. Um, I can't, I haven't seen much like, you know, uh, controversy around this one. So good job, Wizards, for making a good announcement. I think they're <laughs> one, one for 30 or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's interesting to see. Uh, mm-hmm. Exciting to see as well. It, uh, you know, potentially one of our. You know, we might we might be on the pro tour event. Who knows? <laughs> we could we could go to one of the regional qualifiers and see where we can get to with it. It depends yeah. how. Yeah, it depends how you know. Uh, I think I would actually understand how I would get there now, which is yeah. my favorite thing about it is that there's actually a followable yes, plan it's, now. It's been a lot more clearer how these events, how the world championship is being mm-hmm. ran now. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think they mentioned anything with like pro players getting bypasses to like the region yeah. qualifiers and stuff. So yeah. everyone has to compete on the same level, um, which is good to see because I know that was also a bit of a controversy before was how yeah. pro players that had already established, uh, you know, a good sponsorship were just getting sponsored to play straight away. And uh, yeah, it, that, that's year, a whole other the, thing. The, the year for newbies too. Yes. Uh, because this year in particular, they've actually said in the article that they're uh entry requirements are more generous mm-hmm. because they need to fill the ranks with pro level players yeah um because mm-hmm. that yeah I, I think that they're not officially recognizing any of the old pros um that's yeah, like that's exactly yeah, so they're that, not getting yeah. free passes or anything so if you are like a uh a wannabe pro magic player um this is a good year to be one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not just limited to paper as well. We know that paper is not quite as accessible for everyone. There is a digital path to through these championships. Um, there's yet They haven't released too much information on that. I think they said they're going to release a bit more information to the latter end of April. But we know that there will be a way to qualify and compete on a digital level with your Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering mm-hmm. Arena account or Magic Online account. Um, which is really great to see. Like it's it's really good to see a promotion of all of their platforms. Um, and yeah, like it, it seems really accessible. Which is, as I said, it's a it's a nice update from Wizards. Good announcement overall. Uh, and yeah, we're excited to see how that turns out. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll be a success for Wizards uh, because it is is overall a, a good one for the community. You know, being able to get everyone in the community and any platform of Magic into this competitive environment. So yeah. yeah. They've simplified the whole process mm-hmm. um, and made it more of a like mainstream appealing thing. Like before, mm-hmm. Pro Magic was so convoluted that it was not easy to. It's not easy be to follow. With. Yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. easy to follow at all. Uh, they've they've simplified that whole process, and I hope that means that even things like um, event coverage gets more interesting and and yeah. run more effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be nice to see some kind of like again. For years, we've been speaking about a spectator mode in NDG Arena because yeah. it's such a mess when they try and cover it on, <laughs> on event coverage and stuff. But yeah, it'll be nice to see if that if that pushes them to develop some kind of spectator mode, even on Magic the Gathering Online. And I'm not sure how they how well they display paper events because I feel like it would be quite hard to show those 
but maybe maybe they've already established like a good way well, of doing it. They've been doing so. it for 20 years. Yeah, I was just thinking like they have been doing it for a while, so potentially it's it's not nothing to, to worry about. But yeah, it's a, I'm looking forward to that either way. It's a a good a good step forward from Wizards. So the last thing we wanted to talk about for today is the standard 2022 Challenger decks. Uh, those got fully released uh, and shelved yesterday, so everyone mm-hmm. thought they were an April Fool's joke. But um, <laughs> this is a an interesting. Uh, it's a good time for this to come out, especially with the paper Pro Tours coming out soon. Um, if you wanted to get into standard, uh, standard Challenger decks tend to be a good way to do so. However, <laughs> my initial opinion is that these Challenger decks specifically are not a good way to get into standard. Um, <laughs> first of all, we'll go over the decks that they have released. So typically every year, Wizards will release four 60 card or 75 card decks that will usually be playable out of the box for a standard event. And they typically tend to be the, the themes of like the strongest decks in the meta game. So uh, we have a mono white aggro deck. We have a Rakdos Vampires deck, a Gruul Stompy deck, and a Demir Control deck. So interesting uh, archetypes uh, and generally the, the same kind of pattern that they run with the other challenger decks. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest sort of news around this is the mono white aggro deck. So in the mono white aggro deck, there is a the land base specifically. There is 20 snow-covered plains and three faceless haven. Now for those who aren't aware, faceless haven is not a standard legal card because it was banned. <laughs> How on earth why on earth have they decided to keep this in this challenge deck? I don't know. Because we can see in the other challenge decks that they added Kamigawa cards to these decks, which means that Faceless Haven has been banned longer than them when they made these decks. So I, I don't understand why it's in there. But the official ruling for this is this deck, the Challenger Mono White Aggro deck, is standard legal as it is out of the box. If you make any changes to it, not including the Faceless Haven, if you add any more cards to it, it is not standard legal. For paper play, which is a bit bizarre. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. (laughs) It's so bizarre, right? Uh, You know, they had to go wrong somewhere, right? With such a good announcement in the pro play. What kind of precedent does that set? (laughs) Like, next year, are we going to see a Challenger deck with Lightning Bolt in it, even though Lightning Bolt isn't standard legal, but it is in that one specific deck? In that one specific deck. Absolutely. Like, that makes no sense. And I think that's just a really confusing thing to do. Uh, I think it's just silly. It just doesn't make sense from like a business standpoint as well, just because nobody, absolutely nobody is going to want to buy this deck. Why would you buy this deck if it, you have to play it out the box and it's mediocre at best? Because yes, the Challenger decks are good to play out the box, but they're not amazing. They're, that's Challenger what they're decks are for newer players. Yes. yes. Newer players exactly. are going to be confused as shit. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> imagine being like, oh, this so this card is banned. Because just think about, like, we've we've all taught people to play Magic. I remember when we were learning, and there's mm-hmm. so much. And when you start playing more than one format, then you find out more about a banned card. So imagine being like, okay, this is this deck, and there's Faces Haven in it. So if you play this deck exactly as it is, you can play Faces it's Haven. It's fine, you, yeah. If you do anything to it, you can't play Faces Haven, nor can you play and Faces you to... Haven yeah. in any other deck. So if you're playing somebody that has a similar <laughs> mono-white deck to you, but it's a little bit different, and they've got Faces Haven, that's not allowed, but you're allowed Faces Haven. Uh-huh. It doesn't make... It's it's a bizarre... Like, yeah. I'm not going to play Magic, mm-hmm. actually. I'm going to try something else. This is... What sort of company is this? <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's not very user-friendly. It's not beginner-friendly. Really? And another thing as well, it opens up the possibility of cheating a little bit more because it does. Yeah. sadly it, people will still play Faceless Haven in this deck with upgrades and yeah. you know they're mm-hmm. not going to expect everyone to remember the deck list exactly like, what's your opponent meant to do have a list exactly and just like, be like oh play a card, in, be like, oh, in really high level play then you know they will uh, oh, of course yeah yeah at like an FNM which is where these decks are going to be played you're not mm-hmm. checking each other's deck lists no. exactly um, yeah and like again like these are targeted at new players um and deck building is a big part of magic in fact part of the reason why they make terrible deck building decisions with these decks is air quotes to encourage deck building for new players Hmm. this (laughs) except you can't do that discourages deck building (laughs) yeah like if you deck build at all then one of the best cards in your deck just becomes illegal yeah exactly such a weird decision yeah i I don't don't know why they couldn't just because like you said sammy if there's Kamigawa cards in some of them, they're obviously still making changes. Like, mm. so just 
It is bizarre, isn't it? Pick a different land. Yeah, or not there. Like, just replace the rest lot of the lands with just other cards. Like, they could have added more Rydanes or more intrepid adversaries or something like that. Just something. (laughs) It's really odd. It is quite odd. Yeah. But they do they do do this where they make decisions where I'm like, how many people were involved and said yes to that? <laughs> this happens mm-hmm. quite a lot with wizards. Or I just yeah. go, what's the sign off team like? What does that meeting look like where somebody suggests, why don't we just keep it in but tell them they can't make any changes? And then everyone yeah. went, oh my god, that's a really good idea. Like now that I'm thinking about it, the most simple thing to get around this would have just been to replace Faceless Haven with Cave of the Frost Dragon. Or yeah, mm-hmm. that's all they had to do. <laughs> It's so bizarre. This lends credit to the theory that the people who make the challenger decks do not play Magic the Gathering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll actually, if we look at some of the other lists, we'll see some really questionable decisions that kind of back up that theory. Yeah. So let's actually, let's do that because what the next the next deck on the list is the Demir Control deck. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understand, this is a fairly decent one out of the box. Um, mm-hmm. It is running Snowlands, which is a bit of a bit of a bit of a difficulty with um, two colors in standard, but yeah, um, it does run like Love of the Snow, which is the the snow payoff. Yeah. It's running Snowlands and the snow payoff, but then it has like two Field of Ruin, two Hall of Storm Giants, mm-hmm. uh, four Shipwreck Marsh. So that's like eight of your lands. Yeah, um, that's a third of your lands that aren't snow, which yeah. means that your Blood on the Snow on turn six. Uh, is probably most of the time going to be for four, which brings back yeah. not very many of your creatures. Uh, just none of your creatures. Graveyard, oh, graveyard Trespass, graveyard so that's trespass it. Comes back. <laughs> and, and so that's pretty bad. Um, and I just have a lot of questions. Like, I, what the fuck is <laughs> Evolving Wilds doing in this deck? Right? Why, yeah. Why is Evolving Wilds in this deck? And another thing that I, I also looking at all four of the lists... Um, well, specifically the two-color one. So ignoring the mono-white one, this is one thing that really confused me. Have, if you guys noticed, the Demir deck and the Gruul deck all have four copies of Shipwreck Marsh or the uh, the other one. What is it? Uh, Rockfall Vale. The the four. So those it gets four copies of the rare land from Innistrad. But for some reason, the Rakdos one doesn't get any of them, and it only gets two yeah. Blightstep Pathways. It gets what the is two that Pathways. About? Yeah. yeah. I think that what they were trying to go for was. Uh, well, vampires needs to be faster, so you don't want these tapped lands. But instead, take I, it's like I said, I think games. the person who made the deck doesn't play Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's quite a bizarre decision. But yeah, there's still there's there's yeah. no reason why there should be an evolving wilds in this list. Like it, it actually it really upsets me <laughs> that there is. Like I could maybe understand it if there was a mill element to the deck if there was a ruin crab or something mm-hmm. but there is less than no reason to play evolving wilds in this deck yeah yeah um, and and I, I just have no idea what they're thinking there yeah like it's I've quite a bizarre release um the gruel list mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of gruel werewolves right but with some random crap in it like twin shot sniper um well i'd say it's which... just gruel uh, yeah, because it has got random crap in it, but I think it's the Gruul. Yeah, it, I guess it is kind of werewolves, but more more so kind of just Gruul power, like Gruul Stompy, because yeah. you have you have the Jasper and Magda combo in there, which is really nice to see. Um, I also think this the Gruul that the Gruul one is probably the best one out of the box, just because of mm-hmm. again Jasper and Magda is a very powerful combination. Um, it has the four Rockfell Veils. It has a really good land base, I think. Uh, Rockfell Veils, yeah. Lair of the Hydra. Um, ranger class and also there's a gold span dragon in there which puts this one at probably the most expensive uh yes. or, or the most value uh out of the cards because gold span i'm pretty sure is still hovering around the 20 to 30 dollar mark mm-hmm. uh, very expensive card and you know you got one of those in there which which probably makes up for the whole deck um but yeah this one definitely seems like the most powerful one out of the box it's just a purely aggressive you know destroy creatures protect your creatures kind of deck um really sweet really sweet looking deck there uh yeah no i i agree i think that mm. this one looks good it does look like two decks mashed together because it's like half werewolves and then half yeah uh, like the it, half of it is goldspan dragon magda jasper sentinel yeah um and half of it is werewolves and i mean i guess 
maybe you want that for newer players because they have you know a couple of easy directions to go yes, in. Yes, that's what I think well was the, the decision. There. Yeah, um, and, and so um, I can, I, yeah, I, I can get behind that, I guess. Um, but yeah, so okay, maybe that's not a bad thing. I, I was gonna say that I didn't really like how it was two decks mashed together, but that's mm -hmm. better. Um, yeah, whereas because, especially like because the... it works together as well. Like you can yes, play yeah. powerful werewolf cards in a stompy deck because generally the werewolf cards without other werewolf synergies are still quite good. Um, specifically, mm -hmm. Tovalos Huntmaster, you can play that standalone. That's a that's a powerful card. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's. I think this is if you're getting into the game and you wanted or getting into standard and you wanted to pick one of these four decks, I think the Gruel one is my recommendation. Um, just because it seems to be the, I think it'd be the easiest to play. Maybe Mono White might be easier, but this one seems the more powerful out of them. Um, and uh, in terms of it's relatively, it's relatively easy to play. So yeah, yeah I agree. Mono White is the most powerful deck in standard right now, but the version in this challenger deck is more like the Mono White double spell. Um, yes. Rather I, than yeah. Mono White aggro. Which this is one's more like a mono white hyper most. aggro, <laughs> which isn't as <laughs> strong because it usually gets blown out quite quickly. Um, mm. But yeah, the the typical mono white aggro deck, which has a lot more removal uh, and things like Thalia and Skyclave and Brutal Cathar, that's the yeah. deck that really you know takes the cake in in the, in the ladder these days. So, mm -hmm. but I guess again, you can make the same argument. Like you have the option of but going. Th this either. one has faceless haven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> faceless haven. Yeah, yeah, you buy this deck, like you take those three out, you sell the faceless haven, and buy some upgrades. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah, um, but yeah. So as ch as challenger decks go, these are all really good pickups. Like you can get into the game quite nicely, and you know, <laughs> relatively upgrade them. <laughs> yeah with air quotes with the mono white one but uh, yeah um mm -hmm. yeah so we didn't really talk much about the vampires one i think this is probably the weakest one that's which is why <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah this one just quickly you know we talked about how it doesn't have the red white dual land that comes in untapped if you have like oh, the, the red black the tango land. Oh, red, yeah red black um yeah. however it does have four copies of blood fell caves <laughs> yes, which yeah. untapped all the time and it gains your life. So, and yeah. uh, like, why? why? It is a bizarre decision. Well, it's because it's because they've picked theme. Over with, I, I don't know what yeah. the what is the red black land called because they've picked Blood uh, Cave because it has blood in it. Haunted Ridge, maybe. Yeah, haunted Ridge, that's why think, it's not yeah. it's not vampire enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that, that is that is why. Because again, I, I think so too. Yeah. We're saying they don't play magic, right? Oh, it's a vampire deck. Hey, that's a land that says blood. Oh my god, it's the right colors. <laughs> that's the whole thought process. Yeah, and it also irks me their decision to because they've they've added two blightstep pathways in this. So the pathway lands are are like you know they are the more expensive lands. They're more expensive than the the, the tango lands, um, and there's no pathways in any of the other decks. So it's kind of like they're like, oh shit, we screwed up the land base in this one. Okay, just chuck the pathways in; it'll be fine. It's like four <laughs> yeah. of them. No, 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 two of them. We want to be stingy. <laughs> um, yeah. But the uh, the tango lands are gonna be standard legal post rotation, whereas pathways are not. That's uh, true. So yeah, yeah. If, if a new player were to buy this deck, it wouldn't be standard legal in six months. It's fine. One of them isn't standard legal now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but as for the as for the the game plan of the deck itself it is again it's a split between vampire tribal and a kind of like an oni cult sacrifice type of deck because yeah. you have the combo with sakenzin smelter and oni cult amber which is really powerful um so yeah you, again you have des decisions to make with this deck you can go vampires or you can go into the sacrifice option which i think is a lot stronger um, which is interesting yeah. that they've gone with yeah. vampires as the main theme for it because it's called mm -hmm. Rackless vampires um and yeah like if you want to make this deck the best it can you would get rid of every single vampire in the list mm -hmm. yeah so, well you you could you'd keep the epicures and you keep the epicures keep and probably the, the dragon um, as well tithe harvesters and the harvesters yeah okay maybe maybe, yeah. maybe i was uh maybe i've gone a bit too harsh on the vampires <laughs> yeah it's, it's i think it's it's pretty solid uh yeah. but yeah so if you are a standard player who wants to get into standard pretty quickly i'm umming and eyeing because if you were to buy this deck, the upgrades that you'd need to make to it to get to the kind of top meta Rakdos Anvil build in stand at the moment aren't very big. And I think like it's, it'd mostly be the land base. Um, 
And I think you'd be able to do it very cheap um, if you're buying like in, in paper. However, that deck is really not an easy deck to play for a new player. Like there's a lot of triggers, um, which is, yeah, not very easy to pilot, I don't think, for a, like a, a brand new player. But yeah, that being said, it is it is still as much as we bash them a little bit. They are they are very beginner friendly, and it is fun to uh, you know pick up one of these challenging decks and develop it over time because that's exactly what I mm-hmm. did. Um, my first deck was a mono white challenger deck from twenty nineteen. I'm assuming twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I upgraded that and you know stomped house with it. It was good fun. Um, yeah. So you know. Yeah, these these are good for new people, new players. Absolutely great for new players. And yeah, at the uh, end of the day, these are decks made for people who have not played Magic by people. By who people. Have not magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and another cool thing as well, these decks do come with the tokens now, the the dual face tokens, which I think is a nice thing as well. That is nice. So I chuck that one in there. I like that. Yeah, who doesn't love tokens, man? Yeah, tokens are great. They're great. Um, but yeah, that about covers the standard 2022 challenger decks as well. Um, so yeah, overall, this week has been pretty chock full of magic stuff, um, which is good to see, which is good to see. Um, if you do want more information on the challenger decks, uh, a really good breakdown video that I did watch was from Tolarian Community College. Uh, he did a fantastic price breakdown and value breakdown of the decks and just playability breakdown. So check out his video. It's also always good stuff. The professor always pumps out great content. Mm-hmm. And if you do go watch it because of us, um, link, <laughs> us in, link us in the comments and tell everyone to come on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Shout outs to the professor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, also, I don't uh, know if you guys saw, but um, mm-hmm. there was a uh, a daily deal in Arena yesterday or today, um, uh-huh. which is all squirrels. <gasps> it's oh, all I didn't different see that. kinds of squirrel, so yeah, oh, squirrel really? sleeves and stuff. Uh, squirrel so sleeves. I, I actually bought the squirrel sleeves. Oh, um, oh amazing! I would have bought it if I known as well. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think, yeah, I think uh, squirrels are our jam. Yeah, squirrels are yeah, kind of our jam. So <laughs> yeah, just wanted to let everybody know uh, it's already it's already over by the time you're hearing this. Yeah, by so. the time Damn. definitely by the time this goes out, it'll be over. Yeah, <laughs> but we might still have a chance, Sammy. Me and you could maybe. Oh, is it? Was it, to, if it? Yeah, if it's today, then I might have to pick it up. But. Yeah, me too. I think <laughs> if it's still on, I think we should both pick it up. Yeah. Other than squirrels, don't fall for wizards consumerism. Anyway. Um... <laughs> that'll about wrap up for today's episode thank you so much everybody for joining in and listening to us ramble on and on about magic news this week um, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter through the Cindervine, an issue every friday that keeps you up to date on all of the standard news also follow us on twitter at chatterstorm pod to keep up with our extra craziness throughout the week uh, and again thank you very much for listening everybody have a lovely week see you guys next time bye bye, bye. Um, so it is called Jetmere Nexus of Reveals. Um, Revels, not Reveals. Revels. We'll do it again. Wee, you got it wrong. It's called <laughs> Fine, I'm Editing. <laughs> <laughs>